Hey friend, get ready for a heart-to-heart chat with bookkeeping coach Eric Millard on the latest episode of the podcast. We are diving into the world of Christian entrepreneurship, unpacking gems about stewarding our money wisely, sharing some real talk on business budgeting for beginners, and plus there's a sprinkle of little mom life wisdom because let's face it, we're all rocking that mompreneur vibe. Hey friend, thanks for tuning in to a Purposeful Brand Podcast, a space where faith and entrepreneurship come together to ignite your purpose. If you're a Christian mom who dreams of building a business that not only thrives, but aligns with your faith and allows you to stay home with your kids, well, you found your tribe. I'm your host, Jessica, and each week we're diving deep into the world of purpose-driven entrepreneurship. In each episode, we chat about topics like faith-infused business strategies, time management, identifying your unique gifts, practical tips to help you build a purposeful brand, and having heart-to-heart conversations with successful Christian women who've walked the path you're on. Get ready to fuel your journey with faith, purpose, and unstoppable drive. Let's empower you to use your God-given gifts, make an impact for the kingdom, and live a life of fulfillment. So stay tuned because this is where faith meets business and where your entrepreneurial dreams fuel your God-given mission. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am here with Erica. She is a bookkeeping coach who loves teaching female business owners how to DIY their bookkeeping. If you are listening on like podcast app, this episode is going to be live. We're recording um, audio and video. So if you want to head to YouTube, you can go ahead and check that out if you're more of a visual learner. But Erica, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm so excited to talk to you all about money uh, from a faith-based perspective. Uh, right now, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Tell me, like, where are you from and um, a little bit about what you do. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm Erica. I am married and have three kids with a fourth on the way. We currently live in Birmingham, Alabama. We just moved here in June for my husband. He graduated from medical school and started residency here this summer. Um, We, yeah, I am a bookkeeping coach, so I love helping business owners actually get organized with bookkeeping and then actually be able to understand their numbers so that they can make smart decisions. And I, when you're not, when I'm not working, you can pretty much find us in any sweet treat type of place. (laughs) We are hitting up all of the donuts, ice cream, all of those things. And then we also enjoy when it's not really hot being outside in nature and just doing all the activities. So even Christmassy things right now and festivals and my kids love a good bouncy house or inflatable. So we're usually there. (laughs) What kid does it? My kids can seriously spend hours just bouncing around if I let them. And I don't know how you feel, but after like an hour, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm done. Yeah, I'm like, how are you still going? How do you still have energy? But they always yes, pull extra like, out. <laughs> yeah, it's like it just keeps, just like the Energizer Bunny, it just keeps going and going and going. And, you know, even when they have to pause for a little bit, it's like one hour or like 30 minutes and they're like recharged. And yeah, it's like, okay, kid, if I can just have like an ounce of your energy, man, the amount of stuff that I would get done. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Until it comes to chores, right? And then all of a sudden the energy is zapped. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Or or bedtime. They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I love that. So you are a bookkeeper coach, but you also do bookkeeping for other businesses, right? So yeah, so I so I started out as a full service bookkeeper, meaning I would do the bookkeeping for you. And now I've actually completely pivoted. So I don't offer those services anymore. I have a handful of those clients, yeah. but really my focus is on those of you that are right in that in-between where you can't quite afford a bookkeeper yet, but you really need some help and support and guidance to know what to be doing what to be looking for, how to understand the numbers. So those are the services that I offer now. I love that. I love that. And so within that service, like if I come to you, you were, you're going to help me DIY my bookkeeping and correct. Yeah. So okay, you're, so you would be the one to actually be doing the work and mm -hmm. I come alongside of you and help you one, set up your system. So if you don't know which system to use, if you just need someone to review your spreadsheet to make sure you're not missing anything, all of those kinds of things, I can help you with that and setting up a system. And then I help you know exactly what to be doing when you sit down to do your bookkeeping. I found a lot of people were like, I don't know if I'm, you know, missing a step or what all steps I yes. need to be completing. And then from there, you know, we definitely, I definitely want it to you to have a simple and easy routine when it comes to your bookkeeping. But then from there, where it really gets good is taking it a step further so that you actually understand, okay, what does this mean? What are these numbers telling me? Why do I even need to be looking at it every month like I recommend? Um, and what decisions can I make from that when I start to actually review and look at my numbers? And so I help empower you to be able to feel like you can make those decisions without having an accounting degree, basically. <laughs> I, I love that. And I think that's so important to have that knowledge so that you know at some point, maybe you do want to outsource that fully, but when you're outsourcing something, you need to know how to do it yourself because how are you going to know if the other person's doing a good job? <laughs> exactly. And I actually had so many people that came to me and said, well, I hired this bookkeeper. I don't really know if she knows what she's doing though, but I don't know what I'm doing. So I don't know how to know if she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. And so my goal is to help combat some of that. So I really am passionate that I think it is important to do your own bookkeeping for a season in your business, just exactly for that reason, so that you can understand what all goes into it, what things you should be looking at, so that you don't just take someone's blind advice, yeah. but that you feel knowledgeable enough to feel like it's good and solid advice and to make your own decisions too of, okay, I'm going to take this person's advice, but maybe not this advice because I don't feel like that's the right decision for me and my business and the money that I have been given to steward. So yeah. that is exactly one reason that I created some of these services because I found that exact problem over and over. And 
you know, I think the financial industry has done a disservice where there's so much talk of, we'll just keep, leave that for the expert. And I get really passionate about that because yes, there are some complicated accounting principles, but overall for most of the everyday online business owner, it's really not that hard. Once you understand what to do and what to be looking for, you can't understand it. And so I hate that there's this like mystical land that makes you feel like you're not good enough to know it because that's totally not true. (laughs) I hear you on that. I hear you on that. And so with that being said, I'm curious, is there another topic or tip or something, advice that you're hearing a lot that you're like, no, this goes against what I believe and think? Yeah, I think, you know, my main unpopular opinion is just that you need to outsource it right away as soon as possible. Um, I think that there's definitely a place for that. You definitely get to a place in your business where it's just, it takes too much time and it's not worth it, but this doesn't have to be complicated. And, you know, a lot of my clients, once they actually understand what to do and create that simple and easy routine, One of them told me that she can do all of her bookkeeping, including invoicing in an hour or less a month. And so really at that point, it's not even worth outsourcing, to be honest, if I can say that, um, because that is that is pretty quick. And so that is my goal for most people that they just feel that sense of ease. I think we've been sold that it just needs to always feel complicated. Um, Yeah. And I guess another thing that kind of riles me up is I also had several people come to me and just say, every time I talk to my CPA, I cry because they make me feel dumb. Or they went to the bank to try to set up a business account and the bank just made them feel belittled and like they didn't know. And Mm -hmm. so if you're, I just want to publicly say like there are tons of financial professionals that will not make you feel that way and so that doesn't have to be the norm so if you chat with someone or you're working with someone that makes you feel that way you can make a change because there are people who don't act like that in the industry um sadly I feel like they're in the minority sometimes but there are people that are more likely to help educate you and want to really help you make wise decisions versus just um, making you feel more belittled and like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I I agree with you with that. And I believe that's like a really good reminder because we have we should be, you know, spending time researching who we're actually hiring and um, making sure that we can vibe with them well, like whether it's having a call before you know, we even like hire them, you know, like a clarity call or something to make sure that you guys connect really well um, and getting referrals and things from people so that you know that you're getting someone that is leading with their heart and not just being a crabby person. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I think that's one thing specifically since this is a Christian, I think that is one thing as Christians that can make us different is that, you know, we can act in a different way that we can be a light we can be an encouragement to people and not have to blatantly say that we're believers but just Mm -hmm. in the methods and the way that we go about things 
we can be different. And so I feel, again, just passionate that that is part of why I'm doing what I'm doing because makeup and needs kinder people. And so that is um, one reason I feel like God's put me in this position is to help be that. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. I love that. Um, So let me ask you, you have a really cool story of when you first got started when you were working, you're like nine to five and you're then transitioned into entrepreneurship. And I would love for you to share that. Yeah. So I feel like I have, yeah, like you said, kind of a crazy story. So I have an accounting background and accounting degree. I actually went into accounting because I wanted to be in the FBI. (laughs) Um, I wanted to be a special agent at the time. They were recruiting pretty hard at my college for white collar crimes. And I was like, who would suspect this five foot two blonde girl? Like I'd be the best fit. (laughs) Uh, So I guess that's an unfulfilled dream. But um, I also knew there was some flexibility in accounting. And I knew that ultimately when I had kids, I would want just options. Um, And so I started out in both public and then private accounting, worked in that for several years. And then when I was pregnant with my son, I knew I wanted to mostly be home with him, especially since a lot of typical accounting jobs are a lot more than 40 hours a week. Um, And but I wasn't really sure if I was ready to start my own business. I definitely felt some of that imposter syndrome and just is this really the right step? I didn't necessarily have this like big clarity moment of like, yes, it's a business until (laughs) um, I was sitting in Starbucks with a girl that I had babysat and she was grown and she was thinking about going into accounting and studying it in college. So we were just sitting in Starbucks. She asked to meet and just talk about different opportunities within accounting And so this man leaned over and he said, well, I don't really care if you work from home and I could really use someone. And so that actually became my first client. Um, So that is just that just felt like a divine appointment of just kind of pushing me into that direction. And then from there, honestly, my full service bookkeeping was just a bunch of random, you know, God connections. So um, people found me just through word of mouth and I was pretty much at the capacity that I wanted to be at. So I did that for a few years, but I just was feeling really unfulfilled Mm -hmm. with it, kind of bored. I felt like I had these other giftings that weren't being used, but I just couldn't connect for myself how what I was doing and these other giftings worked together. And so I was so thankful that I was able to go to a retreat for business owners. And so I signed up kind of on a whim and it was during COVID. So it was like, should, you know, should we even be doing this? (laughs) Um, And so through that retreat, they just really helped me recognize that I had I never identified who an ideal client was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought, okay, well, maybe it's just the type of people that I was working with, because at the time, there were very few interactions with those clients. And it was just pretty standard and typical. Um, And so I set out from there actually thinking, okay, I want to work with like, six figure plus female business owners and like really get into strategy. And when I started marketing my business for the first time, I 
realized, well, who I really started to connect with was really other mompreneurs who started their business kind of as a side thing or just as a passion that turned into something that they didn't expect either. And so within a couple months, I had three or four people come to me and say, well, I can't afford a full service bookkeeper, but could you just teach me how to use QuickBooks? Or could you just look at my spreadsheet and make sure there's nothing wrong? Or could you just explain what do these words even mean? What questions should I even be asking my CPA? And so after hearing that several times, I was like, okay, well, maybe there's something here. And so I kind of threw together some coaching packages just to see what that was like. And every time I got off of that call, I was like, oh my gosh, I could do this every day. It was so fun. (laughs) And so I, I thought, okay, well, there's something here. And it was just cool to see too. Um, I felt like I had these like teaching type giftings, which, you know, looking back, there's not a lot of accounting people that also have that. It's kind of a unique mix. And so it just felt like, oh my goodness, this is finally the intersect of what people need and what I'm excited to provide. And it's actually like really serving people. And so it was cool to see pretty quickly just the transformations from people like people saying I'm not a numbers person I actually had one client who had failed accounting in college so she was really intimidated to be doing her own bookkeeping and so just in a few sessions of working together seeing people say oh this isn't as hard as I thought it was gonna be or this is way simpler I just thought it you know, I thought I was just worried I was going to break something or this is actually really fun to be able to like get decision, make decisions and feel like I'm in control versus it's controlling me. And so just starting to hear from that, it kind of all connected the pieces together of, okay, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And truthfully, I didn't at the time see that many other people doing it. And so That was also a little intimidating for me because I would not have said in the beginning that I was like a trailblazer or super creative, to be honest, because, you know, accountant. Um, (laughs) And so it was just cool to see how all of those pieces came together to be what it is that I'm doing now. I love that. So you said that you went to the retreat in 2020. And so how many or what was the time frame? between the retreats when you kind of officially started taking on clients as more of a full service management to where you kind of had that aha moment where, oh, okay, I can use my giftings of teaching um, and serve in other ways. So what was that time frame? Yeah. So the retreat was actually January, 2021. So early 2021. And mm-hmm. then it was that summer that I had the first couple coaching clients of just people who asked me to set up their QuickBooks and then teach them how to use yes. it. And so through that, and then after that, they were like, can we do some kind of continued support? just for a while so that Mm -hmm. if I have questions, I can come to you. So it really took that whole year to just test it out and see if this was working. And then to be honest, I'm still tweaking it today. You know, it's still not exactly right. I'm still trying to figure out, okay, what is the exact messaging or the exact packages that people want and need? And so if anyone else is in a pivot, I, I say that to hopefully be encouraging that, you know, sometimes you just have to take a step 
and see, okay, is this it or not? I'm so thankful that I had people even just help me formulate what that first coaching package should look like. And they just said, you know, test it out. That's okay. I think for some reason in my mind, I really struggled with like, I can't change my mind. I have to be like loyal to my word and like what I said. And really as a business owner, like that didn't really even make any sense, but just, I had a lot of mental blocks of like, I can't change anything because that looks flaky or something. But I think actually being a smart business owner is being able to adapt when people are, especially when people are bringing you problems, like help me solve this problem (laughs) Um, and figuring out a way to be able to serve them. You know, that doesn't happen all the time, but when it was consistent, happening, I thought, okay, I think this is, I think there's a reason that all of these people are kind of saying the same themes at the same time, but it definitely took taking some steps to figure it out. I had a couple things that totally flopped if I'm being honest. And so anyway, it's definitely been a journey. I don't want to sit here and people think like, oh, you just pivoted and it was so smooth. Like it has definitely been a bumpy road. I've definitely had those moments of like, well, maybe there's a reason no one else is doing this because it's hard, you know? (laughs) And so um, it's, it's been a journey, but every time that I see the transformation of clients, again, it just reminds me like, no, this is so needed. And it's, so it makes it worth continuing to make those tweaks to make it better and Mm -hmm. just see what it's ultimately going to be. I love that. And, you know, from a biblical perspective, when the Lord calls us to something, um, he's not always going to give like give us the whole plan. Like I Exactly. Know, very, very unlikely that he's going to give us every single step, you know, and we know the whole big picture and we see it all. And so sometimes, not sometimes, but all the time, we need to walk in faith and in trust. And so that means okay, this isn't working, or I'm going to take this pivot, and I'm going to take this step forward. And then I'm going to come back and say, okay, Lord, like, I took that step. And with continuing with that faith and knowing that he's leading us in the right direction, we take the next step, and then take the next step. And I'm sure like at this point, even though we're still tweaking, right, you're still learning, you don't have the whole picture we're never going to see the whole picture but you can i'm sure you can pinpoint those moments when i started here and now you have a bigger view and it makes more sense when you just by faith walk through it and so i would love to kind of like uh change a little bit and talk about specifically money and stewardship um because this is something that money is always such a taboo topic, right? And I think that it, it shouldn't be. People should, they need to be educated on how to wisely spend their money. They need to be educated on how they can steward the money that the Lord is giving them, how they can steward it well. And so with that being said, uh, can you tell me a little bit about like what you feel is good stewardship with um the money that's coming in as your business and and just a note like even though we're talking specifically about business this all applies to whether you have a nine to five job you have money coming in somewhere else from something else so right stewardship is stewardship and taking care of uh what the lord is giving you 
but I'd love uh, to hear kind of your thoughts on what good stewardship looks like as a Christian entrepreneur. Yeah, so I actually went to another retreat that was specifically for Christian entrepreneurs. And through there, I just felt very convicted to go study the scriptures and see what it said about money. Just as I'm, you know, it's hard to help and support people without getting into some of the emotions and some of that, the mindset type issues around money. And I wanted to just feel more solid that my approach was, even if I don't blatantly tell people that I'm a Christian all of the time, that that was what was overflowing from the words that I was speaking to people and advising people. And so I think, you know, there's so much embarrassment and shame and even fear, which is not from the Lord. (laughs) Um, and, but it takes, you know, we have to be able to overcome some of those things Mm -hmm. to approach it with the right mindset. And so, yeah, I, so from my perspective, there were several scriptures that I found of just, you know, we're managers. So everything that God has given us, he's given us to be wise and good managers. And from a business perspective, I believe that is a key And that is a reason to do your bookkeeping and keep up with it because you really can't manage it. You can't know what's happening in your business without actually keeping up with the numbers. And, you know, so sometimes we need to just start with basics of getting a good routine and rhythm set for that. Um, I actually have a podcast episode even of hacks to help make it more fun and exciting (laughs) Um, to do your bookkeeping, especially in the beginning when you're just trying to create that new habit or routine. Um, But we can't, manage it if we don't even know what we have to manage right and so (laughs) that is um so good (laughs) that is I think from a biblical perspective that's kind of the key like we can't manage it if we don't know what we have to manage and so from there then we can make wise decisions once we know what's happening but I find a lot of people that I talk to are either fearful because they don't want to know what's happening. They don't want to come to terms with how much they've been spending or how little they're actually making or having to make those hard decisions of, well, I really want to be in this group, but I really can't afford it. Some of those things. So then they just stay with their head kind of in the sand and ignore it. Mm -hmm. And then that can lead into a shame cycle of well, I know I should be doing this, but I'm not doing this. And then that can make you avoid it even more. And so I think overarching, really the first step is just to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I like how you say, um, you mentioned, oh, maybe they're avoiding it because they don't want to see how, uh, where the numbers are going, how it's spending or how little they're making. And I think when we're in that mindset, that's when fear starts creeping in. And like you said, shame. And we're essentially digging ourselves deeper and deeper into this hole. And the Lord does not want that for us. He wants us to be confident. He wants us to um, come to him with those numbers 
and like you said manage it well we need to know the numbers to be able to manage it well and to be good stewards and make wise decisions because otherwise if you don't know your numbers how are you going to make that decision into whether you go into this mindset uh, not mindset but um mastermind or if you book that retreat because you don't know if you have the money or if it's going to be a wise decision if you don't know those numbers um so i love that so if we're looking at like um our numbers every month and i know you have this little phrase kind of like these money heart checks um so what are some things some little money heart checks that we can look at uh for ourselves to ensure that we are one being a good managers of our money we're stewarding it well we're making wise decisions and two that we're also coming from a place of um like not greed but you know yeah just not greed right we don't we certainly don't want to be greedy with the money that the lord has given us and so um what are some things that you would say that we can kind of like you know, just kind of almost check ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I love this question because I think there's such tension here, right? Like yes. you can so easily fall into either trap of feeling or becoming the greedy person. But then also I do think there is total truth to money in the hands of good people like does really good works and it yes. takes money to do those good works mm -hmm. <laughs> and so there's this there's this tension there right of which camp am i falling into and so yeah when i went back to study the scriptures i just found some consistent themes and so one of those was just really asking yourself where is your trust i think mm -hmm. this is where as christian entrepreneurs we get to be different because we can know that ultimately god is the provider and he is the giver and so i often have to ask myself Am I striving to make sales or am I just being obedient to what I feel like he's laid out in front of me and trusting that he's going to provide from there? Again, mm -hmm. I think there's a balance of us actually taking steps and, you know, doing the things that we feel like we're supposed to do, but also getting to sit back and be at peace and just watch him work of, okay, he's he said all of, you know, all of these scriptures are, you know, those who trust in him won't fall, but they will flourish. And if my, yeah. if my confidence is in gold, then that's not gonna, you know, that's not gonna ultimately work out for me, but my confidence is in God. And even when he was instructing the rich in first Timothy, he even said, just, you know, don't put your hope in those riches, but set your hope in God. And so I think we can get kind of twisted that, you know, money is like the bad thing. And so really when I found those scriptures, it was more, no, it's just more, where's your trust? Is it in your bank account or really is it in him to provide? And so, like I said, I think that's one thing that can set us apart as Christian entrepreneurs is just not having to feel that hustle and striving all the time to make the sale, but doing the things we are called to do and then getting to sit back and watch God provide for us. Um, another one 
I just, I did find, you know, some warnings of, you know, are we storing up too many treasures? Are mm-hmm. we overworked? I, this scripture I had never seen before, but it said in Proverbs, don't wear yourself out to get rich because you know better. Stop. (laughs) And so it was just like, ooh, you know, are we taking the principles of rest um, Mm -hmm. and really seeking to be, you know, uh, so much of it just came back to the motivation of our heart, right? Are we being greedy or coveting? And just what has our attention? What has our focus? Because We know that scripture that says like, we can't serve two masters. And so just again, asking yourself, who am I serving? Who, you know, what things are on the forefront of my mind? Am I going back to, am I trusting or am I just relying on myself? Um, And then another one is how freely do you give? Are you being generous with your time, with your resources, with your money? Um, And I think this can be done in little ways that we can kind of discount sometimes too. Um, Our pastor was just talking about that at church on Sunday is um, we, we can easily negate the impact that just even small giving can give. And so, or small giving can do. And so just even what would that look like in your business if you chose to set out, let's say next year and set aside a percentage. And, you know, a lot of times I hear from people that like ultimately want to give to charity from their business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I've been convicted lately of, well, when I get to a certain place, like then I'll do that. And so I feel like I even need to go back through and ask myself, like, is there something I can be doing even now that's Mm -hmm. might seem small, but it's just that heart of generosity. And so anyway, those were just a few of the things that as I was searching the scriptures and reading through the themes that really jumped out to me. I love that. That just reminded me of the story of um, the woman. We had the uh, men that they had riches in the Bible and they came and they gave like a large sum of money, right? They gave a large sum of money, which seemed like, oh, they're giving so much. And then here comes a woman and she gives everything that she had. And that little bit was more than what they gave because that was all that she had and so leading from that heart of service and generosity and saying that that ultimately this is your money lord this is your money that i'm managing and so i'm going to be generous with it even if i haven't reached the 5k 10k six figures i'm still going to be generous and give what i have And even if that looks like $20, if that is all that you have is 20 bucks to give, but you are giving from the, uh, um, a good heart posture where you are being just, this is what I have, Lord, this is it. I am giving you everything that I have. The Lord is going to bless that. He is going to see that heart. And then, um, I think also from like a practical, uh, sense when you start giving, when you have less, it also helps build up um, that uh, muscle to give more when you are actually making more. 
because it might be easy to you know give twenty dollars now but when you're making six figures plus whatever it is and you need to give ten thousand dollars you know if you're not used to giving right <laughs> it may be really hard to say oh man well now i don't want to let go of that ten thousand dollars that large amount of money but you're building that muscle and you're building that faith and the trust in the lord that okay he's blessed me with this i'm gonna give back in this way so this is not in my notes but with the giving we're talking about giving all right so tithing i'd love to talk about tithing a little bit and because there's we have this again it's like this taboo topic in the church and you hear so many perspectives of oh we are to tithe we're supposed to give 10 percent oh well no that's not new testament anymore <laughs> And my, my personal opinion is that we should be giving at least 10% of our earnings, of what the Lord has given us. Um, so I would love to hear uh, just a little bit from you on tithing in your business and uh, your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a few camps here, right? And I mm -hmm. have done a few different polls on Instagram just to hear from yes. different people and perspectives too. There's definitely the traditional 10% is still applicable. And then there's also the camp of, I think it was Paul and he talked about being grace givers. And mm -hmm. so, but really most, I think professionals who study the Bible say, so that means it's actually more than 10%. You don't get out of the 10%. It's just <laughs> even more than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, whichever camp you fall into, obviously, to me, the obvious principle is just that you're giving, right? Like, yes. it's not all yours. Mm -hmm. um, and so I know people who have done this differently. So I, I'll just talk through, you know, kind of the options of what some yeah. different people do. So some people calculate that percentage on their gross sales. So every single sale, mm -hmm. every single dollar that comes into their business, that is the amount that they are going to tie on. And then I know other people that will use their net income. So basically their sales minus all the expenses to run the business. And they'll calculate based on that number. I'm not an expert. So I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, which is better or not. But I do think that's a great question to go pray about and ask the Lord, okay, going into next year, if this is something you're not doing, then what are you asking me to give? Um, I also think, you know, even separate from the tithe of just being Christian entrepreneurs, we have the opportunity to bless if we work with contractors and giving them, you know, either better pay or bonuses or, you know, gifts just frequently of, um, you know, thanks for all you do for me. And, you know, just little things like that. Again, I think it comes back to that heart of, you know, is it on your mind to be yes. a giver? Is it on your mind to how can I bless this person mm -hmm. versus just feeling like we need to tightly hold on to every mm -hmm. penny that's coming in because it feels tight right now. And so I feel that tension with you is, you know, what I yes. want to say too of, but I do think it's something that we probably don't pray about enough and we pr probably don't even ask for just our eyes to be open for those opportunities. Yes. 
And then even if it's not monetary, I feel like there is a lot, even in the entrepreneur space of, you know, don't give away your service. Like don't give away your expertise. Don't give away your, yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, to give everything away for free, Mm -hmm. but just when people, ask you, Hey, can I ask you about this thing or this thing? Just being a generous person in general of not feeling like you have to hoard, but Mm -hmm. what can you freely give of your time of the resources that you do have? I've even been convicted a few times lately of, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to maybe give my course to this person for free Mm -hmm. and just not feeling weird about that, but just obeying and trusting that that was um, something prompted by the spirit. And, you know, and if I was wrong, oh, well, I was a generous person. like, (laughs) And so anyway, so I think, yeah, like we're saying, just having that heart Mm -hmm. of generosity and that posture versus, Um, Just only thinking of yourself and holding on to things. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I definitely believe that the, like you said, 10%, whether you're giving from the gross, uh, from the uh, net, whether you're giving more than 10%, like it's, we've also got personal convictions. So what you may be personally uh, convicted to give will be different than I am, what the Lord is asking you to give. Um, And so... And like you said, we'll also we have to look at, are we being generous with our time and in our service to others? And just generosity does not come with just giving money back to the church. It's not just that. It's how are we serving and being generous in other areas of our life? Are we, you know, out in the community and giving our time freely there? Are we helping those people that are coming into our inboxes and saying, hey, like, I just have a quick question about this. Or are we responding with, oh, no, I'm sorry. You're going to have to book a call, you know, book a consultation and pay for for me to answer this question, right? And um, when we are leading with a generous heart, that's, that's the key. And I love how you said that a lot of people probably aren't praying about this as much because so often we're praying for the clients, we're praying for the numbers to go up, but are we actually looking at our heart and saying, Lord, I want to give freely, give generously. Where do you want me to give? Um, it's so important. I love that. So I want to also just, this is, um, a little bit off topic, but not because I want to tell this story. I've heard this story already and I need you to tell it. <laughs> so we um, were talking about um, faith, uh, like a journaling uh, faith, um, got little God winks, God stories. And you have this really cool story about your parents. And I just, it needs, it needs to be shared because I think so many people would take so much from this for not just their business, but for their personal life. So if you can share that story. Yeah, I think we were talking about, you know, sometimes it's hard to be reminded of God's faithfulness, right? It's hard to remember, okay, he's been faithful in the past. He'll be faithful again when we're, you know, struggling or those months where it's like, man, there's not many sales coming in or, you know, and so 
like we know in our heads sometimes, yeah, yeah, like God's going to provide or like we know those scriptures, but to really get it down deep and to really feel solid in that. And so I think we were talking about, you know, one thing that helps is to recount those times that he has been faithful and we've seen his faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one really cool thing that my parents did was they um, actually wrote down and then printed out a little booklet and gave it to all of us at Christmas. I think it was two years ago of all of the stories that they could think of in their I don't know how many years of marriage, but it's been a lot (laughs) all their years of marriage of times that God was faithful. Mm -hmm. And so we have this booklet of all of these stories. And there were so many things in there that like none of us knew about or, you know, probably seems like seem insignificant or like small dollar amounts, you know, now, but just being able to see just that that generational history even Mm -hmm. of like God's been faithful to my parents. He's going to be faithful to us. And so I'm trying to still figure out a method because now it's inspired me. Like I have, we have some of those stories and we got to figure out a way to write them down. But um, just recounting those stories of his faithfulness and being able to see and read it from someone else's perspective has been really encouraging and just a cool thing to pick up every once in a while and be reminded of it too, of just something concrete to go back to versus like, yeah, I know that in my head, but to have a specific story to read has just been really encouraging. So yeah, I love that. It's been a really special gift. I I love that story so much. So guys, we are having conversations like off camera when we're not recording or anything. And so this was a conversation that we had and I'm like, this story just has to be told because like you say, having that reminder. And I think if we're looking at business, um, having utilizing this for our business, it's can be just a small little, maybe this is even like in your journal. Like if you have like a planner that you're planning out when you are, um, re um looking at the year before you know and even just writing those little notes throughout your planner like okay in my business i did you know the lord blessed me here or this unexpectedly came to me when i wasn't even expecting it out out of random a client just you know someone approached me in my messages and like hey can you help me and that kind of snowballed to this client and to that client or this month, man, I was struggling with the money coming in. It was very inconsistent. And man, he just showed up. I still was able to pay my bills. So yeah, just having those little reminders in um, a tangible place that we can go and look back on when we are feeling a little down, when we are kind of feeling a little worried and maybe even fearful because those are just natural emotions. They're human emotions that they're going to come. And so the important thing is to have um, things in place that when those emotions do come, we're able to sit sit down and say, okay, one, go into prayer. And two, have something to look at and something that's reminding us of his faithfulness. So thank you so much for sharing that story. <laughs> It was just, it it inspired me so much. And I'm just like, okay, people need to hear this because I'm already thinking like in my life, business-wise and even personal, what kind of things that can I pass on to my children that will 
just show God's faithfulness through my, through my life and inspire them and encourage them when they are going through things as well. Yeah, it's a really cool tangible thing because we don't yeah. always get some of those like, like physical reminders, right? Like we know a lot of them in our heart or in our memories, but to have it actually like physically written down is really special. Yes, yes, love that. So you have um, two things. You have a course that you just released maybe within the last month, and then you also have a, a freebie that you want to offer the audience. So if you can share those two things. Yeah. So my free resource is a monthly bookkeeping checklist. So if you're in the camp of people who DIY their bookkeeping and you're like, I don't even know what to do when I sit down to do my bookkeeping. It's a very simple checklist that it'll walk you through just a few steps to do every month in order to maintain your books and keep them in really good shape. So you can grab that at my website, which is just ericamiller.com. And that's the thing that my client use that said I she said she prints it off every month and she goes through it and then that's what takes her like a less than an hour to do each month um, which is really exciting and then yeah I just released a mini course all about budgeting and so it will touch on a lot of these topics that we talked about because it will help you figure out okay what are your expenses and like the cost of doing business. And it'll give you some tips on how to minimize some of those two. And then it will also help you work through, okay, what things do I want to invest in next in my business and how to know which things are for the right time and help you not get caught up in shiny object syndrome and trying to do all the things at once. Um, and then we'll take all of those pieces and put that together and help you figure out, okay, what your true sales goal needs to be if you want to pay yourself and pay taxes and have money to invest in some of those things. Well, how many sales do you really need? So we get into the nitty gritty, but it's all step by step. And it's really actually a, an, about an hour's worth of content. So you can either, it's broken down into steps so you can watch little pieces of it, or you could just sit down and have a whole whole plan for the next year or the next quarter or whatever feels right for you for the next season of business to really make those decisions and know, okay, these are the things that I can focus on next in my business in order to make some smart decisions and stay on track. Love that. And this is um, the end of the year. So we're in, right, the goal setting and goal planning and all goals, goals, goals for the new year. So this is the perfect time to grab that mini course and make sure that you're not just setting, you know, uh, goals on what you want to launch and how you want to grow your following and things like that, but that you're also looking at your money goals and how you can better steward your money in 2024. So thank you for sharing that. Both of those will be linked in the show notes. So just head there and grab those. Um, so I have just a couple more questions. We're going to do just a couple uh, rapid fire questions here. Um, so what is the last book that you read and loved? Yeah, so I've been reading this series called Miss Julia, and it's like this older widowed lady who's super witty, and she just gets herself into all of these different like 
silly, crazy scenarios, but it's like relatively clean. And I found myself just like chuckling all throughout the books. So I've been really enjoying it just to like wind down at night, especially I found I just need kind of that fun, light reading. And so it's been a really fun series of Miss Julia. Miss Julia, definitely have to check out Miss Julia. Uh, So what is your favorite Bible verse? Hmm. Well, when I was young, my parents like gave us all a scripture verse. And so I think one that has always stood out to me is don't let others look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers. And so I, I feel like it's just cool to see even now. Um, I feel like in the things that I'm doing that just those reminders of setting an example, watching what my words and my actions are because people are watching us and how we interact with others. Love that. I love that so much. And so where's the best place for people to go find you? Is it at your website or is it on Instagram? Where do you hang out the most? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Erica underscore Millard. I also have my own podcast, Get Comfy with Numbers, where we break down financial jargon and give you lots of great bookkeeping tips and mindset advice. Um, And then, yeah, you can find me at my website, which is just ericamillard.com. Love that. All right. And so is there one, do you have one final thought that you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah, I would just. Yeah, I would just say wherever you're at in your journey, take the next step. So whether that is setting up a system or opening that checking account, I think it can get really easily overwhelming of I need to do all of these things and learn all of this stuff. And I don't want you to walk away feeling like that. Just take the next step and you'll you'll keep as you keep taking steps, you will get that clarity and you'll start to gain more confidence just as you keep taking action towards it. Love that. Thank you for sharing that. All right. So Erica, thank you so much for joining me here today on the podcast. It was just a joy to chat with you and uh, we will chat later. All right. Thanks so much for having me. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode. I pray this episode blessed you and I hope you found inspiration and a renewed sense of purpose. If you enjoyed this episode and found value in it, will you leave a review? Your reviews help this podcast reach more women like you. And here's a fun way to show your support. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag us at a purposeful brand podcast so I can connect with you and reshare your stories. Remember, your journey is unique, your gifts are powerful, and your faith is your greatest asset. So until next time, keep dreaming big, taking inspired action, and living out your calling. I can't wait to join you again next week as faith means entrepreneurship right here on A Purposeful Brand.